The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Alrighty, hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Hoopball Celtics podcast. Uh, we are recording live here on the Halftime Hoops app. Uh, definitely come check it out if you guys haven't. I'm here with my co-host Patrick and uh, you know, you're know you familiar with Wayne from last week at the Wiz- Wizard Show. Uh, unfortunately, we're coming to you after a 128-114 to loss to the Chicago Bulls in a game that seemed all well within our grasp in the third quarter, up 19 uh, but, you know, we're going to start with the Wizards game instead. So, Patrick Wayne, how are you both doing? How are you both doing on this fine Monday? Oh, man. You know, it's 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 a Monday. Halloween was yesterday. We're in November. The season's going. And we're almost two weeks now into the NBA season. And uh, it's it's been quite the – I know you're having a rough go of it, Patrick. But, you know, better times are ahead, you know, for your hangover and uh, for the Celtics, I think. Um, Wayne, how about you? Y'all know, I usually say, if you good, I'm good. But both teams took the loss tonight, so I'm not good. So we all not good together. But it's always next game. Yeah, always next game, man. So, yeah, we can start with the Wizards game. I mean, you know, unfortunately for us, Wayne, and fortunately for you, I mean, the Wizards uh, won that second game against the Celtics. Um, you know, they really played well. I mean, Wayne, what did you have to say? What did you, uh, what did you ask Coach after that game, if you don't mind sharing with us? Or or players. Oh whoever. well, for I, it, it went to double overtime. So my I wanted to know exactly what what did he like about the double overtime, and he mm-hmm. he kind of brought up that you know you guys took that first punch, you went up six zero, but they kind of stayed the course. Um, the big the big KCP stop, you know, he brought up, but mm-hmm. he just like he we battled. Uh, that game could have went either way, but uh, he just he just liked that you know we stayed in despite. Going down on it with that run and um, just a couple of defensive stops that he was really happy about. Yeah, I mean, and like you mentioned, um, you know, when we we texted and um, you know, like you said, the game went into double overtime and there was it was a back and forth game all game, but it did feel like there was three separate times where the Wizards basically, at least from my perspective, it felt well, unless the Celtics somehow get a turnover here, the game's over, and. Um, you know, KCP gave us all three of those turnovers. But like you said, man, he stepped up uh, when it counted there with that final, you know, strip of, I believe it was Jalen or Jason at the end of the game to seal the game. So, you know, as bad as he did play with those turnovers, man, he made it, He made the play when it counted. I think, the the uh, ironically, the thing that stuck out to mo- most to me was the Celtics were literally two for 21. Pritchard hit both threes, but we were still in the game. Mm-hmm. Um I think that was the the crazy – like I said, y'all played a, a solid game. Brown got what he wanted. Uh, coach and player said that. Literally, whatever he wanted, he got outside of that last uh, possession. But that was the more striking thing to me. Also, Boston uh, fans showed up more than our team did, of course. Like I said, I told <laughs> you, you guys travel well. Uh, I thought Josh Richardson played well, especially off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the second time, like I alluded to – that we kind of let somebody come off the bench and get us, a la Patty Mills in that Brooklyn game. Um, he played well. I was just surprised about the three-point shooting. I thought after a while, like, y'all weren't going to hit anything. And I think yeah. that's – I won't remember the, the win. I won't remember the double overtime. I think that really stuck out to me was 
um, despite y'all shooting in this day and age with the game with the three point, that you still could have won the game. So I think yeah. that was my biggest takeaway. Even though we we had four starters that had over seventeen points, three uh, scoring twenty, and, and Bill putting up thirty six, the thing I'm a, that stuck out was uh, you still play good. Um, Coach and Jalen Brown had both said at the game, you know, there were some positives, and you know they can see them rolling over to the next game and beyond. But that, that I think that's a testament to y'all defense and and uh, also just not. I don't know because like I, I've never seen that before. A team that shot like that and still st- stuck in the game. So I, I, y'all probably had different observations from me, but I think well, that was the more, most. No, I mean, I mean them them being able to shoot so poorly from deep was a big like wow they were able to stay in the game but something that i think that the wizards did really well against us that we minimized in the second matchup was the offensive rebounds right that was <laughs> the killer in oh, game yeah. one you just couldn't keep you guys off the offensive rebounds and then in that second game we we had more offensive rebounds than than the wizards mm-hmm. and at the end of the day we had more shots we didn't turn over the ball as much we played better in more control and we were getting good looks like the three pointers that weren't going weren't bad looks. They were open looks. It just, it wasn't the day that they were falling and it was frustrating. And in some points because I felt like rotation wise, I felt we could have done something to try and spring something from the, from the outside. I've been a, a big preacher and Lucas already knows where I'm going with this 100%. As, I'm, as I'm getting built up here, but <laughs> I, I, can just hear, wanna, I can hear your heartbeat. I just want to <laughs> see Neesmith, man. I want to see Neesmith get some opportunity. And the fact that he's getting zero opportunity, I don't give a hell damn, whatever, man, he's done to this point that he may just doesn't want to give him like any leash. Just throw him out there, man. Your team went 0 for 20 to start the game from deep, and this guy is one of your better shooters on your roster. Throw him out there. Maybe he hits one or two, and just everybody else starts following after. You just have to read the team. Nobody else is hitting. Like you got to throw guys out there. Like you got to give other people opportunities. And I thought that was a great time to, to put him out there and see if he could jolt something from the outside. Yeah, you know, honestly, Patrick, I know I'm a little bit more of conservative of, you know, maybe Neesmith. You know, his defense is, you know, lacking. Ime doesn't trust his defense. That's usually what it is with a young player um, because we know he can shoot. Um, but even I agree with you here that uh, I think he should have seen at least a little bit of run with the Celtics being 0 for 20. And honestly, Wayne, I did not have a different takeaway. My biggest takeaway was a positive takeaway, even though we lost the game. It was we went 2 for 20-something for 3, and we went to double overtime. How many more times are we going to miss 18 threes in a row 20 threes in a row to start the game yeah. you know not that often so i kind of took that as a positive and also when i got to bring up the fact we talked about on the post game show from the first game you said i believe Jalen's not going to have yeah. a bad game but you know beal's not beal's not going to have a bad game either and look what happened yeah you know obviously they uh they came back and both filled it up so i just think you know you hit the nail on the head and and i just want to say say this too and i knew you guys were bring me on i i was looking for a, a player to key in on and it was al horford Six blocks, five assists, ten rebounds, uh, with eight points. I just wondered, what, what do y'all think of uh, one having him back? But it just seems like he does everything. He's always in the right spot. Um, that's a, just a two sample size game from him, but he's still doing it at a high level. So I just wanted to get y'all thoughts on what do you think about Al Horford in that uh, double overtime? Game? Yeah, with Al Horford, man, two words come to mind every time I think Al Horford is true pro. That's what I think of every time I see Al Horford is he comes out, he does all the things that aren't recognized. He does 
everything very well. He's always in a good position. He doesn't hurt you on defense. He doesn't hurt you on offense. He playmakes for you. Whatever you ask of him, he is able to do it at a high level. And he does it in such a quiet way a lot of the times that you, you like are watching like, wow, that was a good play, but you kind of forget it. And then you go back and look at the box and you're like, six, six blocks? He really did that? And you, you start thinking back and you're like, oh, yeah, I did. Oh, yeah, I did. And then it starts all adding up. He just does a lot of little things, and all those little things eventually stack up into being a bunch of things over a whole entire game span. Something now Horford's just kind of done all of his career. And people forget this guy was an all-star. You know, he was a part of a really good Atlanta team at one point. This guy could really play basketball, and the Celtics missed him a lot. And he's been a really crucial point for, for this team, even though we're not playing well to start out the year. Al Horford has been playing well, and we've missed his veteran leadership, as, I think, as well. I don't know how else to No, I mean, listen, I tweeted tonight, Horford was a very important and necessary addition for this team. Um, you know, his defense... His playmaking. I mean, like Patrick said, he's just a consummate pro. Um, and, you know, people forget, man, he was playing so well in OKC that they actually came to a mutual agreement to shut him down so he would play less games, which is obviously better for him and his body and in the longevity of his career and the money he can make. But it was also better for OKC because they got to lose more games. So people forget that. But uh, no, Wayne, I've loved to see him back in Celtics Green, man. Honestly. It felt like he never should have left. I know he went and chased the bag in Philly. I got to respect him for that. You know, go get yours. But it uh, seems like he definitely fits in well in Boston, man. And we really need him. But I got to say, we cannot keep uh, wasting these terrific Horford games. You know, against against you guys, he played terrific. We lost in double OT. You know, tonight again against the Bulls, he played amazing, really. He had an amazing game. And uh, we ended up losing as well, you know, collapsing with that 19-point lead. So, Hopefully we can take advantage of some of these games, man, because Horford is playing really, really well. Yeah, and then another thing in that uh, Wizards game was Tatum. Tatum let the frustrations get the best of him again. Something that has kind of been a trend this year. Haven't been happy with that. I do think um, that controversial um, call where he went up with the layup and it looked like uh, – the elbow slash forearm of, of the Wizards player had hit his arm before he got the ball on him, and then they overturned it and called it a block, which was kind of wild to me. That it was so close that I thought you might as well leave it what the what the call was on the floor. That really like set off you know Tatum to really get his head out of the game, and and that's kind of where the turning point came for the Wizards that ultimately turned into a tough win in double overtime. Yeah, for sure. That was a big momentum swing. And um, I, I, the ref said he, he saw that Denny hit ball first and then the arm. But that, that was one that I, I didn't think they were going to overturn. And little plays like that can swing the momentum. And that might have been the, the play that swung the game for the Wizards. But I can definitely see how, you know, Boston fans were upset. And I can definitely see how, you know, us Wizards fans were happy. But that's... That's probably the game that um the the play that sticks out in the game for me. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, you know, I hate blaming things on the refs, so that's not really what I'm gonna do. But honestly, I wasn't too upset at the end of this game, man. I mean, obviously, it's never great to lose a game. I obviously would rather come out in the win column, but I just thought that, like Patrick said, we didn't turn the ball over as much. We got more offensive rebounds. We're not gonna miss this many open threes again. So, you know, it just felt like one of those games where, you know, the ball didn't necessarily bounce our way when it came to the jump shots, and, you know, it's like that. However, 
Uh, I don't know what else. If you guys have anything to say about the the Washington game, uh, I was just gonna say. However, tonight gave me a different feeling. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. Well, one thing left on that Wizards game was that uh, they gotta they gotta find a way not to go to overtime anymore. Man, this is this is not gonna be sustainable for. I think Jalen and Jason in general, who now lead the league in minutes per game at 39 and 38. Um, Jalen Brown is first and Jason Tatum is second. And then the next person is at like 35 minutes. So they're like a whole four minutes uh, ahead of everybody else, which is not, not ideal at all for um, two. I know they're two younger guys, but at the same time with Jalen Brown's knee and coming back from that wrist injury, you know, and you just don't want to put the wear and tear this early on. In, in on top of COVID season. as well. Exactly. And COVID and yeah, it's just a long season. And I feel like they're putting a lot on the body right now. They've played three overtime games already and it's, it's going to, it's going to wear out on them. It's gonna... Yeah. I mean, hundred percent like Jalen even said, just playing one game, you know, it felt like he played three games coming off of COVID. So especially playing all these overtime games that can't possibly be good for him. But, you know, I'm right there with you, Patrick. I don't want to see Tatum's. I want to see Tatum's minutes go down. We need to, now, I think the Celtics need to get some ha- some wins handily, you know, coming up soon. Uh, I think that will really do a lot. Um, but you know, Wayne, of course, any any la- any last notes on the Wizards game, man? Uh no, not really. I think the only one that sticks out and uh, uh, was, I guess, a quote from Tatum saying how it cool would be for him and Bill one day to play. They kind of got to do it a little bit on the USA team, but you know, being from where they're from. Hey, don't get no ideas in Washington. Hey, listen, listen, wait, That's how us Wizards and Celtics fans are linked. But no, I just want to just reiterate, man, y'all doing a good job. And thank y'all for thinking of me to uh, have my thoughts and, you know, opinions and analysis on your pod. And no, every time the Wizards play, man, I'm going to extend the invite. You know, I know you're a busy man, so if you can't come, it's all good. But every time the Celtics play the Wizards, the invite will be extended. And also... Bradley Beal, you know, I think he'd look great in South the Green. I don't know how good uh, Jason Tatum would look in those new <laughs> Wizards uniforms. Uh, Wayne, I know you probably think you'd look a little better than I would, but uh, you know, it's always a pleasure having you on. Man, thank you for real, man. Yes, Wayne. And then, Wayne, go ahead and plug yourself just in case nobody heard you on the last episode. Go ahead and tell people where they can find you and and, and get some. Uh, you can find me at Twitter, Instagram at K-I-N-G underscore O-T-A-Y. Um, do a lot of reporting on the Wizards, and um, I have two podcasts, uh, the Sports Counselor, Everybody's a Celebrity, but doing a lot of focus on Wizards content right now. But uh, again, man, appreciate you two and what you're doing, and uh, just keep up the good work, man. Thank you, Wayne. We appreciate you hopping on, man. For sure. Always a pleasure. All right. Bulls game, man, because I am I'm livid. Okay, so like I'll reiterate again, you know, Celtics lost to the Chicago Bulls one twenty eight to one fourteen after holding a nineteen point third quarter lead. Um, the Bulls ended the game. I believe it was yes. The fourth quarter was thirty nine to eleven, and Patrick, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe it was a forty two to eleven run that ended the game. Uh, 42 to 11, but I'm also seeing 39 to 11 now on Twitter. Okay. Uh, so, so it's somewhere between there, 39 to 42. So, I mean, hey, quarter. either way, Patrick, that's terrible to hear. I don't care if it was 42 or 39. Honestly, uh, if you end a game, see, I tweeted this. Basketball is a game of runs, okay? We know games go back and forth. 
And if you end the game on a 39 to 11 run, you're probably not going to win that game. It's as simple as that. Um, we did see, you know, the first half was great. Not a lot of offensive rebounds. Um, not a lot of turnovers. Um, you know, our defense kind of picked up in that second quarter. Um, the first quarter, you know, I think the Bulls came out hitting, uh, I believe it was five of five from three to start the game. Um, you know, hand down, man down, just letting guys get easy threes. Um, defense picked up in the second quarter. Um, our offense and defense really picked up for the first eight minutes of that third quarter. But towards the end of the third quarter, you know, you felt the lead slipping away. They got it down to 12. Ime called the timeout. Uh, they got it down to one, or they went up. Ime called another timeout. But you said it before the show. He couldn't stop the bleeding with those timeouts, man. And then the fourth quarter was absolutely no contest. Uh, the Bulls knew where the ball was going every time, Jalen and Jason. And then it was going to kick out to an inconsistent shooter. Uh, the offense just became way too predictable. And then... You know, we gave up offensive rebounds. We turned the ball over. And, um, you know, we just couldn't we couldn't get a single stop. I mean, the Bulls were 10 of 10 on two-pointers in the fourth quarter. That's just a losing recipe right there. I'm sorry to dump all this on you, Patrick, but let me just ask you a question. Uh, yeah, so how are you just generally feeling? I know you said you're livid, but... Um, yeah, I actually like wanted I said, to... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go, yeah, I actually wanted to go into a more positive direction first. Oh, I love that. Before before we let out all the anger, right? Uh. So um, I actually think the Celtics played their best basketball in the first half all year. It was crazy. I thought they played some of the best basketball I've seen them play. They were playing with energy. They were playing with excitement. They had one turnover in the whole first half. They were up by eight going into halftime. Yeah, they gave up 59 points, but they had 67 in that first half. They were just – they responded every time the Bulls thought they had a run. They were the ones punching back. They, they just felt like they were in full control, like they could get whatever they wanted. They could go wherever they wanted. They The ball was moving left and right. They were just – they were so in sync, and it didn't seem like anything was forced. They were, everything was organically just going. And it, they they overcame a strong start from the Bulls. Like right off the rip, five by five by five from deep. Bulls are have fifteen points. It's like fifteen to seven. Timeout, right? You're like, oh no, here we go. We're gonna fall in a hole. They respond to that. They played really well. Kept their head up. Jalen Brown had a, had a hell of a, a first half. He had seventeen points. Marcus Smart had twelve points. Horford twelve points. Tatum eleven. Like. That's that's like textbook of what we want to hear, right? Like that's what we want to like hear those stat lines. You got double digits for four guys on the starting lineup. Like you're feeling good, you know? Yeah, they gave up. DeRozan was on in his own mindset. He had 21 points in that first half. He was just berserk. They survived that, and they were up eight. Like that's right. something like I was excited about. They forced eight turnovers on the Bulls, who are third in, in the league in in turnover rate. Like they just don't turn over the basketball, and we caused eight turnovers in that first half. We were off yeah. to such a strong start, and that's this is something that I I am more positive about. Is like, okay, we can be this good. We can. Now, yeah, that's true. Now I would just say this about DeRozan. You know, we saw it enough. Uh, we saw it enough in Toronto, man. I mean, every single and even in San Antonio. If I'm being real, anytime Demar DeRozan plays the Celtics, it seems like it was his. Oh, he's from L.A., isn't he? That actually connects a lot of dots if he was a Lakers fan <laughs> growing up um, because yep. he has he's on a damn mission to beat the Celtics every time he plays him. Um, so we, I kind of, you know, knew that was coming. I actually said to someone pregame, 
Uh, I forgot that DeRozan turns into 97 MJ every single time he plays the Celtics. And he literally looked like that. He's from Compton, to be precise. Thank you, my boy Kev, down in the comments, letting us know that's Compton's finest right there, DeMar DeRozan. But I will say, he absolutely torched the Celtics. But a lot of those are tough shots, man. I mean, DeRozan, he's an incredibly gifted offensive player. So I'm not going to go too crazy, but we were just absolutely getting lit up by him. I just wanted to give give DeRozan those props because he always seems to kill. No, absolutely. I mean, DeRozan is insane. And the craziest part, right, we just talked about how the Bulls started off 5-5 five of five from downtown, yet at halftime, the Celtics shot 9% better from deep. We shot 56% in the first half. Chicago shot 47 on threes. So just a wild, wild attempt there. And the Celtics had 10 free throws compared to the Bulls' three. Like, we were a team that couldn't get to the line, and teams were getting to the line on us pretty easily. That first half, they nothing was happening. Nothing was happening. Peyton Pritchard got some playing time in that first half. He took a charge in that second quarter with, like, 336 left. It was like Marcus Smart had his infamous diving for, for a ball on a big hustle play with six minutes left in that second. Ended up turning into a steal that um, went right to Brown during that stretch where he was just insane and, and hit a three right over in the face of somebody. He had 15 points, and it was like I think it was like less than like two and a half minutes. It was insane. I know he went. Uh, the Bulls went on a 12-0 run, and then Jalen Brown checked back in, and he went on a 10-0 run right away in a minute. Yes. So I do want to say before we get negative. Yeah, before we get negative, we got to give Jalen his props, man. I mean. Listen, I've always said that I feel like Tatum is the takeover guy between the two stars, but Jalen gave him a run for his money right there. I mean, every single shot out of his hands felt like it was going in, and it was going in. So, I mean, Jalen really was the reason that our, our lead was pushed out and that we really were, you know, taking it up a notch against them. He was our main source of offense there uh, for a while, and he was really doing a good job, you know, carrying it. So I got to give Jalen his props for that, man. That was a pretty crazy run he went on. Absolutely. But, but, you know, I think we can kind of move into some of the worst things now. Um, if you're ready, yeah. Patrick, I don't, I'm still trying to keep a level head, everyone, as well. I still do not believe the sky is falling. But I'm I'd be tilting more than you. Lucas. I would be lying to you, though. I would be lying to everybody if I told them I wasn't more frustrated tonight than I have been all season. Okay, even more than the Toronto game. The Toronto game, I felt defeated. Tonight was is frustration. Um, the Celtics had no business losing that game. Uh, you know, like I said, the last four minutes of that third quarter uh, looked like they kind of thought they won already. Uh, and then, you know, the Bulls kept chopping down, chopping down, chopping down. And then in the fourth quarter, they came out with that same energy, and the Bulls just absolutely blew them away. Uh, the Bulls played all 48 minutes, and the Celtics did not. And I don't think there's a single person or a single group, players versus coaches, versus refs i don't think there's a single group to blame i think that everybody uh yeah listen ashley i'm trying to you know i'm trying to maintain this you know zen sort of it's only six seven games i can't lose it yet but you know tonight was definitely frustrating i gotta admit patrick i'll let you take it away you know voice some of your frustration oh man oh my god how Celtics offense was still humming in that third quarter like they were they were still doing good um there was actually i wanted to to tap on a little bit more positive before we fully dive in there at the 609 mark of that third quarter no you're good um that tatum tatum got lonzo on him right and lonzo was playing all up in his grill like i'm a lock you up type stuff and and tatum was like you too small for me 
Let's you want to play like this? Let's do this. And Tatum just had a beautiful drive where he spins off of Lonzo and takes it right to the rim and just dunks it, hangs on it. The vibes in the garden is crazy. And and next thing you know, Jalen hits a three um, right after that with 523 left in the third, and Boston was up 18 points. It was 87 to 69. Then you had Marcus Smart was everywhere on the defensive side. Dennis even had a nice stretch. He had a three-pointer um, with a layup, and then he had a, a foul drawn where he hit two free throws. Um, it was just really – everything was still clicking. You were like, all right, this is we're going to coast to a nice fourth-quarter win. This is an easy game. We're going to close out. Tatum showed some really good passes in that third quarter, and then it kind of all started to trickle when Robert Williams got stepped on. And I don't know why that was the – the point that I noticed, but like all the momentum just started seeping away from that. And next thing you know, Boston had five turnovers in that third quarter after only having one in the first half. That doesn't help them. They end up taking a 14 point lead into that fourth quarter. And right off the like bat, you could kind of just feel like they took their foot off the gas and you're just like, Oh no, man, my hands were on my head. And I was just going, there's no way we're about to blow this. There's no way. Like you, we just we got embarrassed in our last two uh, home games. There's no way we're losing three in a row for the first time in in whoever knows how long. I think uh, we had somebody tell us it was 75 years. Um, was that right, Lucas? Somewhere believe, around there. Yeah, I believe so. It's been it's, it's been a long damn time. It's, you know, it's uh, the uh, a long <laughs> damn time. But we'll leave it a long damn time so we don't get quoted like that. But man, what a frustrating fourth quarter where. Everything just seemed to fall apart. Jason Tatum was one of eight in the fourth quarter. Jalen Brown only got two shots. Um, I think he hit he hit one of those. Lucas was Jalen Brown hit one of those shots. So mm-hmm. they, the Jays combined for two of ten in the fourth quarter. Oh no 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 no! Jalen was uh, Jalen Jalen was all two. Me. Oh two. So they are one of ten. The Jays mm-hmm. were one of ten in the fourth quarter. And the the Bulls ended up finishing on a forty two to eleven run to end the game. And and just on that note, between Jason and Jalen, you know, I have said before, I I believe that Jason is the true closer. Okay, but eight to two, it's not a shot. It's not a shot disparity I like between them. Um, six to four, you know, Jason Jalen's got to get at least four shots in the fourth quarter, man. Especially with I how think- he's playing tonight, like. I would, like on most nights I would say Jason I would want to be the closer and I think Jason was playing well tonight you know really until the fourth quarter but I need Jalen and Jason to have a little bit more of an even share in the fourth quarter as opposed to 80 and 20 percent yeah I'm I'm more of if if Jalen's if Jalen's feeling it man give it to Jalen Jalen's was having a good night but also at the same time like why don't we just run the offense that just worked for three quarters? And if you guys get your shots through the offense instead of trying to seek out ISOs, like we went right back into the things that didn't help us win games last year by going into these isolated plays. I don't like that. Why don't we just stick with the offense that allowed you to put up over a hundred points in three quarters and get away from that ISO ball? Like, what are we doing? Like, are we just trying to, like, slow the game down? It doesn't go. You don't make your shot. You put your head down. You get beat, and they play five on four because the Bulls are good at just attacking you off a miss. They just take off with it. We don't have great transition defense, and we just got abused. The Bulls are fun. 
Levine literally got to the rim, man. He got to the rim. Levine got to the rim so many times in that fourth quarter, effortlessly. Effortlessly. Didn't matter who was guarding. Could have been Jalen Brown, Smarkus Smart, Jason Tam. Didn't matter. Levine was getting to the cup, and he was finishing easy. Yeah. And, you know, Levine is a special offensive player, man. But you can't give him a layup every time. I mean, you have to strap down and play a better defense, force him into tougher jump shots, force him into tougher shots inside in the paint. You can't just give him bucket after bucket after bucket like they were tonight. Um, so I'm right there with you. I mean, you know, and, I, and I'm also with you. You know, I'm not, uh, even though I say that Jason is the closer, I'm okay with giving the hot hand the ball, especially because of how much Jalen, you know, has proven that he's a legitimate 24, 26 per, point per game score. So I think he's earned those shots at the end of the game. Um, but Patrick, should we cover Marcus? Post game comments, or do we want to get into some Smith, uh, some Neesmith Smith and Pritchard talk? All right, well, let's let's get into the smart comments first. Let's let's get in. Okay, it's I might, I we're think going into the mud. All right, I think I'm gonna um, just read the entire uh, entire quote here, just because I don't want to misquote Marcus. Okay, yeah, everyone, brace with, bear with me. This is going to be a pretty long quote. Um, Marcus Smart post game says, "Quote: I would like to just play basketball." Every team knows we're trying to go to Jason and Jalen. Every team is programmed and studied to stop Jason and Jalen. I think everybody's scouting report is to make those guys pass the ball. And they don't want to pass the ball. That's something they're going to learn. They're still learning. We're proud of the progress they're making, but they're going to have to make another step and find ways to not only create for themselves, but create for others on this team to open up the court for them. Later down in the game, where they're always going to have to take those tough shots, which we just talked about, okay? Uh, quote, take tough matchups when they do get the one-on-one or bring the trap. It's something we've been asking them to do, for, and they're learning. We just got to continue to help those guys do that to help our team. And listen, right? Uh, Smart is going to catch a lot of flack on social media. Those, you know, everyone's going to be talking about, oh, look, more beef in the Celtics, just like last year. But honestly, Patrick, I don't know about you. I think Smart hit the nail on the head there. Okay, and I don't mind that he addressed it publicly, man. Like they they probably asked him a question, and Mar- Marcus, as we all know, is an emotional, but he's a truthful, honest, authentic person. So he's saying what he feels, and in this situation, I truly agree with how he feels. Um, you know, because Patrick, how many times have I talked on the show about needing to see that leap from Tatum playmaking wise? You know, and Brown as well. I should hold Brown to the same standard. I was just expecting a little more from Tatum. So I do think Marcus didn't say anything crazy. He didn't say anything out of pocket. He shouted out that they learned, and they are currently learning, and he loves the progress they've made. But they do have to continue to make good progress to set up, you know, the second-tier level players on the Celtics. I don't think he's wrong at all. How do you feel about that? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm both sides. Like, I'm concerned, and I'm, and I'm also, like, I agree with them, but I'm also concerned. And the reason I'm concerned is because normally when it goes out to the media, that's, like, the last – Thing that happens like when things are really crumbling and it's one thing from the coach to kind of do it but now it's like i don't know Ime saying bringing it to the media with the players if he's opened up a window where it's like oh if you can do it then we're players we could do it and i don't know if i like the players going to the media as much as i like a coach going to the media if that makes sense and in my eyes this was a situation that uh, I felt maybe I would have preferred of Marcus Smart ho- hosting a players meeting and chewing out 
players and everybody kind of get that off their chest. And then they can have like a talk with the coaches as well after. I don't know if this was a, a quote that I really wanted to see in the media. I, it could go either way. It could really help the Celtics and like they, they take it in a good way. I'm hoping that's the direction to go because, you know, we want it to go that way. But also it could go in a, a different direction. It could end up being like Jalen and Jason Tatum could be like, well, yeah, you know what? I, we don't mind the new coach telling us because we asked for that from him, but we didn't want to hear that from you. And I could see that happening because, you know, we've had the ripples with Marcus Smart before with some of these guys. So it's it's a very, very thin line that we're playing on, and it's a very early in the season to be playing on this thin line. Yeah, you know, I definitely understand what you're saying, but I do think Jason, Jalen, and Smart have been teammates for long enough. I think they're going to get this shit sorted out, man. Um, and, you know, I also wish that Jalen and Jason went out there for the press conference too. You know, it was neither of them out there. It was just Smart and it was just Horford. Um, so, you know, Smart's going to be a little frustrated there. I think, you know, for him to take all the heat, him and Al Horford to be out there after the game, to be the only ones answering questions, I mean, that's a little disappointing, honestly. But, you know, I don't know. I think they'll get it figured out as a team. And honestly, I think there's going to be a positive of coming out of this. Because, you know, they're going to talk. I mean, they're grown men. They're teammates. They see each other every day. So there's going to be a conversation. It's not like they're just going to, you know, ignore this and it's going to passively, aggressively boil. I don't think, I think they're going to talk about this and, you know, maybe I'm being an optimist, but I do think this is going to be beneficial in the long term because I think what Smart's saying is true. And he's not saying, he didn't say they shouldn't shoot more than me. They shouldn't shoot. Like, come on, we saw it at the end of the game. Everybody knew the ball was going to Tatum or Brown and then they were getting trapped or the defense was collapsing when they crashed and they had to kick it out to just people standing around the three-point line. And personally, I don't know how effective of an offense that is. I mean, it blew us a 19-point lead. So, you know, I don't know. I don't hate what Marcus said, so I think I'm more on the positive. Right. And then and another thing with uh, with that point as well is, is I think the recipe for curing things is winning cures all. So moving forward is the important stretch is we need to start winning games because the difference is you can get frustrated and then – fix things and then start winning where you can get frustrated things still don't for some reason get fixed and then you lose more and things get worse and so really it's the result of the next few games that i'm going to be more concentrated on is is seeing how they go because it's important to start winning some games they're going to be needing this these stretch of games to start going some way because winning does cure all. So it, it's cool. Like you could chew me out, but if, if that chewing me out doesn't work and I'm going to chew it out and I'm losing, you know, everybody's a human at the end of the day, it's going to boil over. And I think it could cause a lot of drama. Yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, like I said, I just think they'll probably talk it out amongst themselves. You know, Patrick also, if you wouldn't mind just dropping your email down there in the chat, I don't know if you saw that, but, uh, Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not. I'm not super concerned. You know, like I said, Marcus is a super authentic, raw person. You know, that's what makes him a great athlete. Um. So you know, I don't hate this for Marcus at all. And like, you know, you never really want to see shit get aired out in the press conference. And it sounds crazy. It sounds like it's going to be a lot of drama. Personally, I don't think it's going to be that bad. And Patrick, I agree. Winning is the cure to everything, man. You know. If the Celtics go on five and zero streak, if the Celtics go on a five and zero win streak, uh, then people will be praising Marcus Smart. 
but if they lose the next two games, this is going to be Marcus Smart's fault. So, you know, like I said, we can never get too high, get too low. Uh, as frustrating as tonight was, man, the Celtics had no business losing it. You know, I know I like to be the middle, the guy who's in the middle, you know, not say anything too crazy, not get too high, get too low in the beginning of the year. But this game sucked, man. It sucked that they blew the 19-point lead. You never want to see your team finish a quarter outscored by 28 points, especially not the final quarter, um, and give up 130 points in regulation. You know, I got to admit, though, the Bulls are a damn good team, okay? Preseason, I thought the Bulls' defense was going to be bad. It's definitely not good, okay? I really don't think it's great, but their offense and their transition game is just so electric, so fun, so fast-paced, man. Uh, they're a really good team, so there's no shame in losing to a good team like the Bulls, but I will say there's some shame in how we lost. Man, I feel like we need to add an ending segment for me just to get my anger off because I feel like this might be a year where I'm going to need my own segment where I just go off. Okay, the vent. And the vent going box. into that, yeah, we're gonna call. It, we'll, yeah, we'll have we'll we'll have a segment after um, after games now, and uh, it's called the vent box. And if either one of us have something to vent about, um, that's where we're gonna get up on the vent and, box and vent away. Exactly. And my vent is. All right, so I let me just like, say quickly, Patrick. Oh yeah, go ahead. Oh, let me just go. I'm just going to say, uh, so the vent box segment tonight was brought to you by uh, Manscaped. You know, make sure you go on over to Manscaped, enter our promo code HOOPBALL20 for 20% off the Manscaped products. Patrick has some, I have some, you know, they're really terrific. You know, it's all about, you know, being clean up. You got to be clean for a lot of different reasons. Clean for yourself, clean for the ladies, you know, just make sure you stay clean. Um, now, with further ado, Patrick, you're up on the vent box, man. Let's hear what you got to vent about. All right, man. This event box is going towards Ime Doku. Yes, I understand he's a new coach. Yes, I'm not saying that he needs to be fired like half of Twitter right now. However, I will say dangling Aaron Neesmith one minute in front of my face during this blowout loss is a slap in the face. Play Aaron Neesmith. That's all I'm asking you. Or at least tell me. If he, if he did something st- stupid, like, hey, he hit on my wife. I could live with that. But the fact is you're saying that he just doesn't – he has too much energy. He needs to learn how to play more controlled. I don't care. That's not a good of reason to play him one minute, let alone no minutes in the last Wizards game. We need somebody. We need some jolt. We need energy. This is a guy who brings that. This is a guy who brings some shooting potential. And if we're talking about developing, if look how we're starting this year. If I'm 2-5 two and, two and five to start off the year – I would at least want some minutes going to guys who have a chance of developing and being something down the line. And right now, I'm not seeing that. So I am frustrated, and that's why that's going towards Lucas, do you got anything to vent in the vent box? I mean, listen, not yet. Not yet. Okay, not yet. Um, you know, the only thing – actually, let me get up on the vent box. All right, I'm up here. Please box out in the fourth quarter. Please. Just please. That's all I want. Please box out. Offensive rebounds are killing us, man. Um, two huge ones down the stretch of the game. That honestly cost us the game, if we're being real. We can talk about rotations. Uh, we can talk about poor shooting. If we close a couple of those possessions, we have a way better chance to win that game. We've got to get our offensive rebounds. Fundamentals. Please put your body on a man when a shot goes up and get the rebound, please. All right. I'm off the vent box. Okay. 
That felt good, though. That felt good to get that out there. I can't even lie. I feel better now, too. I feel better now, too. So that's what the vent box is going to be. We're going to see if we like that segment moving I, I like it I think that I, I, I love it already, man. I love it already. So And listen. And, and Luke is with the with spot-on name for it right off, the, right off the tip of his tongue, like right on the spot. So, so listen. Also, I just want to put out there that the vent box will also be able to uh, – you know, what if you want to vent on some positive things, too? That's always possible. Get some takes out. People are disrespecting how good certain players on the Celtics are. So it's not always inherently negative, but obviously when you're venting, you know, it's usually a little more negative than positive. But Patrick, I think that might do it for us. How, uh, how about you? You got anything more to add? I got nothing, man. I got my venting out. I got our, you know, our frustrations out tonight. And uh, hopefully the Celtics move forward and play a lot better. Uh, I believe they play again on Wednesday, is it? Uh, let me pull up the schedule real quick here. They play Wednesday. They're going to Orlando to play Orlando Magic. Hopefully that's a game where they can turn it around. I don't know. Cole Anthony's been playing pretty good. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll check it out and see if the Celtics can bounce back, and we'll be having the coverage for that game right after that. Uh, yes, sir. We'll be here again. Um, you know, Patrick, always a pleasure. But hopefully uh, next episode we can, you know, be uh, talking about some good things at the end of the show. Hopefully win. You know, win, some better man. boxing out win. and maybe a little bit of Aaron Neesmith just as a treat. We need a win. We need a win and we need it bad. But, uh, yeah, thank you guys all for coming in and listening to the Hoopball Celtics podcast. Don't forget to go on to Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Make sure to give us that five-star rating and write a review for us. Those things are very, very appreciative. It helps us out with our ratings, helps move our show up so people can see it and get us exposed more. We appreciate all that and the support. Thank you guys for stopping by. Make sure you guys follow us both on Twitter as well and the show on Twitter at Hoopball Celtics. And you can follow me at Ballin Opinions and Lucas at Luca underscore Gainer. All right? Yes, sir. Patrick, always a pleasure, man. I'll talk to you, uh, talk to you later this week. Yes, sir. All right. Yeah. Wrap.